Hey everyone, thank you for joining the Pastor Resources Podcast. Hope you enjoy the reading of our latest article. Prayer is not just for the spiritually elite. For many, a life of prayer and spiritual depth is not for them. It's not that they don't desire it. It's, it's that they believe that it's out of reach for them. There have been too many false starts in their spiritual life. A lot of well-intended declarations of commitment that puttered to stall and stops. Puttering under the hood of a heart is the belief that a deep and satisfying life is not for me. Do you believe that? I want you to know that it's not true. Someone once told me that when they hear others talk about life and a life of prayer, they often think about someone else, someone in their church who seemed to have their spiritual life together. A deep and satisfying prayer life always seems to be cut out of reach and not for them. Here's what you should know and believe, and maybe what you should underline. A life of prayer, full of joy and power and awe, is for you. And it's not for the spiritually elite. It's for you. Prayer is hard. I pastor a church in Manhattan full of busy people. Busyness is the first obstacle to prayer that people mention. I once sat with a young mother who was vice president at one of the major television stations in New York. She was working in a competitive field, and she had just given birth to her second child. The idea of spending time in prayer, something that she had desired, seemed overwhelming and impossible. She also knew that entering into a busy world where the pressures of family and vocation without some spiritual life seemed impossible. But you don't need a baby or a highly demanding job to be tempted to push prayer out. Busyness is not a plague that only a few of us suffer from. It's the way of the world Busyness. Busyness. Well, busyness, however, isn't the deepest of our obstacles. Let's imagine we follow the instructions of the Psalms when it says, listen, be still and know that I am God. Just try it. Go ahead. Sit still. And then say, let's say 10 minutes. Sit still for 10 minutes and recognize his godness in your life, which means that he's in control, not you. So you wait on him. Stillness. You don't conjure him up or manipulate what's going on. You seek to know him as God. Be still. Good luck. If I sit still, I recognize how foreign this experience is to me. Normally, if I sit still, 
It's to accomplish something. I'm, I'm emptying out my mailbox, writing a, a letter, listening to someone else tell a story, or reading, or being entertained somehow. Stillness before God is different. In stillness, intolerable things begin to happen. One is guilt. Does that surprise you? It has surprised me in the past, an overwhelming sense that I ought to be doing something different. Does that surprise you? It has surprised me in the past, an overwhelming sense that I ought to be doing something different. Anything that is accomplishing something. (laughs) Prayer doesn't seem to be accomplishing the immediate. I am not being effective nor effective in prayer. It can seem like such a waste of time. We live in an age of efficiency. We judge our use of time by what we accomplish or produce. Anything we do that seems inefficient, hurried, or unhurried is a waste of time. But our age of pathological efficiencies has taught our hearts to resist any moments of quiet, unhurried time. We feel the judgment of using our time inefficiently. You cannot prove your worth by your quiet prayers in secret. Do we find prayer useless? Because it's not useless at all. Maybe we've walked away from prayer and wondered, was that a good use of my time? Could I have gotten something more done instead of praying? Do my prayers accomplish anything? The Bible challenges our Unitarianism. The prayers in the book of Psalms use words of waiting, watching, listening, tasting, and seeing, meditating, and and resting. It's remarkable how inefficient these actions are. They aren't accomplishing anything. They aren't a product of the other side of these prayerful actions. Yet, over the years, they bring steadfastness. They bring joy. They bring life, fruitfulness, depth of gratitude, satisfaction, wonder, the enlarged heart, fasting, and and dancing. We cannot merely say that the psalmist's life was just a different age. Theirs was the life of pastor, and ours is modern and metropolitan. The church's greatest example of prayer and meditation are from King David, a man leading a startup nation, or the prophet Elijah who was often running for his life. Even St. Augustine lived in a very active life as a bishop in a large and blustering town in North Africa in the 4th century. His life was full of regular pastoral duties, traveling, and, and theological controversies, and the constant threat of military invasion from enemies. Even more, 
in a span of 40 years, his writing output would equal a thick 300-page book every year. And yet, he maintained that this resulted from long and regular times of prayer and solitude with God. A deeper look into biblical patterns of prayer and ancient rhythms of solitude reveal an overwhelming witness that the competitive life is not just for the hermit, the priest, or the desert monk, (laughs) but for the banker and the mother and the artist. In fact, the contemplative life is for all of life, for every vocation, and for every village, town, and city. What the ancients tell us is that we cannot merely look for best practices. Life and practice go together. Our lives must be considered. We are embodied creatures who have been formed to believe a life in such a way that enforces false assumptions about ourselves, the world, and God. Our spending habits, what we consume, or our relationship to work shapes our inner life. We fool ourselves if we think our media consumption does not affect our prayer life. Communion, meditation, solitude, fasting, or or feasting, Sabbath rest, and corporate worship are regular pathways and rhythms of a life of prayer. What does the Bible say about them, and how has the church practiced them throughout history? The rhythms of the world do not make space for these habits, and we are in danger of being formed by the calculating age of technique and efficiency rather than the quiet voice that forms us when we are still and with him. Prayer is as complex as life. It's hard and beautiful. Prayer is the primary way Christians have an exponential grasp of God's promise to be present with his people. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. (laughs) Psalms 81, verses 10. Prayer is the daily habit of opening your mouth wide and all the fullness of God. The possibility of prayer. The possibility of prayer by John Starkey. Copyright. 2020 by John Starkey, published by the InterVarsity Press, Downers Grove, Illinois, www.ivpress.com. Thanks again for listening to the Pastor Resources Podcast. To read all of our articles, head over to pastorresources.com, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more articles and special interviews.